Welcome to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. Each week, we feature interviews, information, and inspiration that will motivate you to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. My name is Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, selfless syndrome expert, board-certified women's health coach, and alternative medicine practitioner, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. I specialize in health for busy and driven women. Listen weekly as I share the tools, perspective, and knowledge you need to lose weight, boost your energy, and fall in love with yourself so that you can serve the world with an even bigger impact. Hello, welcome back to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson Ridley. Today, I am joined by Maya Miller, who I am really excited to have on the show. I will introduce her momentarily, but I actually found her. I did one of her courses and found her, and I was like, this lady's awesome, and we're just going to reach out and see if she'll come on, and she said yes. So, But who Maya is, is she spent almost a decade in Hollywood burning the candle at both ends. I think many of us can relate to that. Um, she walked away from that, moved back to Austin uh, or moved to Austin and then found her unhealthy habits, followed her into more of her work doing, I think, owned, uh, was it Pilates studios? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so she's gone through a lot of transition. She ended up, you know, having shot adrenals, gaining a lot of weight, hormone issues, all the stuff and ended up finding functional nutrition through the uh, Institute of Integrated Nutrition and also the functional diagnostic nutrition um, program, I guess is, is what you've been through. So I'm excited to have you on. Just, we have a lot that we're going to probably cover in all this, but um, first welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And likewise, I mean, I felt like, you know, we're kind of birds of a feather. So I'm always, uh, I always look forward to opportunities to connect with other um, like-minded women, especially. So nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Absolutely. And so to launch in, like, I know some of your backstory and stuff because I've been around some of your work and whatnot, but maybe just share with us, like, part of your journey, because I've seriously paraphrased it, but, you know, how you've gotten to where you're at and kind of what you do now. And and we're going to have all kinds of things to talk about from that, I think, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, my background is in digital media and technology. I was the youngest director at a Fortune 5 company. And I mean, I was. I really f- kind of fell into the belief that, you know, um, uh, you had to like work really hard and burn the candle at both ends. And um, starting really early on in, in my life, um, I was having a lot of medical problems and I would go to a lot of doctors and I talked to nutritionists and, you know, did all of the things. And, um, pretty much everyone just told me I had anxiety. So take this pill. I had IBS and take this pill and, you know, you've got autoimmune stuff and there's nothing we can do about it. And I just didn't accept that as an answer. Um, you know, my entire career, uh, I think with a lot of high performing women, um, I really felt like the more that I could do, the more valuable I was. And so I found myself um, really disconnected right around 2010. I felt really disconnected from my body. I felt really disconnected from my family and my friends. Um, And I just had one of those moments where I went to go for a run and I was like tying my shoes. And in my head, I think we all have these little voices. And in my head, I said, "Is is this all there is to life? 
Um, and that really just led me to the, my journey of functional nutrition. I did a lot of study to figure out what is actually going on with me. Um, and that was the beginning of, you know, saying goodbye to like this big job that I had in, in LA. And um, I moved to Austin, Texas to launch a health and wellness lifestyle brand called Core 180. I had multiple locations. And like you said, some of my, um, some of my habits and my beliefs really followed me into that startup. And um, for some reason, I thought maybe if I worked in the health and wellness industry, that maybe that would make me more healthy and more well. And uh, it just made me more stressed out. Uh, and so um, it was during that time that I, you know, it was 10 years, we ran the business and I made a lot of personal changes around mindset, around environmental things. Um, I ended up going back to school and I launched my first nutrition program. And it really wasn't even a nutrition program. It was a lifestyle program. Most of my clients were women. Uh, they had same things, anxiety, depression, couldn't get pregnant. Um, and they, you know, were working out and, and, and they thought they were eating healthy. Um, and that's a whole loaded subject in and of itself. And, um, they would ask me like, how are you, you know, I, by that time I had really made a lot of changes in my life and they asked me, how are you, how are you doing this? Um, and I decided to launch my, my first three month program. Um, quite honestly, I thought it was going to fail. I didn't think that anybody would be interested. And so I decided to not build it out before I sold it. And in my first week, I sold $20,000 of my first, of my first program. And all of a sudden realized like, wow, this is actually needed. People are drowning. They're, they're looking for a, uh, you know, a life, a lifeline. And, um, that really led me to the career I have now. I've since, you know, shut that business down in order to, um, be able to reach more women digitally than I could through my brick and mortar locations. And so here we are today. Yeah. Which is awesome. And we have, there's a lot of similarities in our story, you know, moving from brick and mortar and virtual and, and all of that, but also just in like the journey of recognizing, you know, the need for change in, in what we're doing and, and evolving with that. Um, and I think like a lot of women on the, who listen to the show, I know can relate to that because either they're in careers or they've been doing, you know, what you and I experienced burning the candle at both ends and, and, the the tricky part and maybe we can start here is figuring out how to not have those habits follow you because even i noticed this in like going into a virtual practice it was like you know i either was like doing nothing or working way too hard still because i'm always at home right and maybe you've experienced this and so it's like we have to expand and um i did an interview earlier today when we're recording this where we talked a lot about like having just approaching life with curiosity and like observing certain things about ourselves. Um, so I don't know what, what tips you have for that, but like, as you recognized the patterns and whatnot, like how do you start transforming that? So it doesn't just follow you. I, I mean, I think you have to start small and I think that we have a tendency to feel like we have to make big changes in life. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, I mean, I fell into the same pattern where 
you know, I would try to make these massive changes and all that did was stress me out and overwhelm me. And, you know, humans are hardwired to do two things. The first is to seek pleasure. And then the other is to seek is to avoid pain. And this is how we've been able to, you know, uh, perpetuate the human race. And so um, for me, I had to start really small making, I had to think small in order to win big. And so it was really this gradual progression. I mean, I don't drink anymore, for example, but if somebody would have told me even three or four years ago that I wouldn't, I wouldn't drink, um, I would have told them that they were absolutely crazy. And so um, I think for me personally, the um, philosophy around starting small with small things so that you can feel, you know, success right away. Um, and build on top of kind of a bedrock foundation that was mission critical for me. Um, but for at the beginning, it was a lot of trial and error. Where I would try to you know make these massive changes. You know, I'm gonna I'm going gluten free, dairy free, vegan, like all at once. I'm gonna work out every single day. I'm going. I mean, all of you know the cleanses. The, I did all of the things and. Um, and I learned, I learned a lot. I'm so grateful for those experiences, but what I found worked better for me, it was more sustainable. I was, I had higher adherence, um, was to be able to start really, really small. Yeah. I think you bring up a, a good point. Cause that's like, I mean, to me, that just sounds like every new year's resolution, right? It's like, let's right. do all the things. New and- year, new you, which I think <laughs> is complete BS, right? Yeah. And, you know, when we try to use willpower to do that, it usually backfires. And that's why most people peter out after like three weeks. <laughs> well, like, you know, will, yeah. will, willpower is like a battery and eventually that battery runs out. And there's actually a lot of studies that talk about willpower. And, um, you know, now we're getting into conscious and subconscious brain. Um, This isn't the woo-woo stuff that I'm talking about, you know, like, you know, the subconscious or anything like that. Like we understand um, brain science. We understand the structure of the brain. Um, We know that the most primal, you know, the the most primal part of the brain um, is incredibly powerful. We know that 95% of all brain function happens in the subconscious brain. And so, you know, oftentimes, uh, and unfortunately, oftentimes in the wellness industry, it's our wellness practitioners and the gurus that are, you know, telling us, you know, it's your fault if you had more willpower, if you moved more, ate less, um, then you would be successful. Um, And we just know that that's not true. Um, And that belief, unfortunately, um, causes a lot of suffering in the lives of women, which I think are really fall prey to a lot of these. I mean, there's really no other way to say it, but predatory practices. Um, So when you start looking at the brain and kind of dissecting the sections of the brain, the prefrontal cortex and all the other, all the other awesome parts of our, of our brain, you have a little bit more understanding of why we are unable to um, use willpower um, in order to make things stick. Uh, the reality is, is the more you focus, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to eat the thing. You know, I'm not going to eat the pizza. I'm not going to eat the cupcake. Eventually there is an event that happens and you crumble because willpower is, is just like a battery. Um, and we all know what happens with our iPhones or, you know, our mobile devices. Eventually they, they run out of juice. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's, um, there's a lot that you just said there <laughs> that we can dive into, but you know, I think it's, it's so true. And it's one of the failings like a, we've been taught that, they, you know, it's our fault. It's our fault that we've gotten to the point that we're at. And I, I say, and it sounds like you talk about this a lot too. And I know, I know you do like, it's not really true. Like there's a lot that we know and there's a lot that we don't know. And there's a lot out in the world. Like sugar is one of the most addictive substances that there is. It's worse than heroin. Um, yeah. cocaine. If, and so if you, if you look at a brain scan of somebody that ate sugar and somebody that had cocaine, um, it lights up the, the pleasure centers of the brain in the exact same ways. Yeah, it does. And you know, when you really think about like, what's the habit that you're trying to break? I mean, that's, that's a lot of layers. Like people go to rehab for that stuff and we're trying to just do it on our own and with our own willpower. So how do we, I guess my next question is like, how do we move beyond that? I know your program that I did actually as part of my own weight loss thing is called be more, lose more, but you know, how do we start to move? So we're not relying on willpower, but actually like creating some transformation in our lives. Yeah. You know, it's funny because this is definitely, this has definitely changed for me uh, over the course of, of 10 years. And I, where I started with a lot of my work and, and, and my programming was what do I need to do? And, you know, uh, really kind of getting stuck into this, like do more to weigh less lie. And, um, and there's really three kinds of people out there. Um, and, and, and these, there's, there's kind of the, the, the first, you know, kind of person really is, um, you know, they kind of play this like martyr or, you know, or victim, you know, mentality. And the, the martyr will say things like, once I have something, right. Once I have the job or once I have the money or once I, you know, have the guy or girl, then I will, um, then I'll do the things that I need to do in order to have what I want to have. Right. And, um, and then there's the other person. And so this is very kind of like victim mentality. You have to have something before you can do something before you can be something. And then the other, and I, I've definitely spent a lot of time there. Um, I know initially with my first startup, I would say things like, well, man, if I only had, um, you know, if I only had more funding, then I'd be able to do this business activity and then I'd be able to have more revenue. Um, so the, 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 the being and the doing is kind of contingent on having something external. And then the other person is, is, is kind of the, the worker bee. And so this person, um, I always like to say, you know, they live a do have be life. So I have to do more. I have to do all the diets. I have to change, you know, I have to change my nutrition. I have to move my body so that I can, you know, um, have a healthier body and then I can and lose weight and then I can, then I'll be happy. And we're often, we often kind of like toggle between, between those two, between those two people. And for me in my personal development, I had this like massive aha moment. The first time that I realized that, um, there's this third kind of person out there 
And this person, I call her the creator. And she says things like, I must be consistent, persistent, integrous, kind, loving, so that I can change my nutrition, move my body, sleep more. Then I will, you know, then I will have all of the things that I want, right? Because how you feel in your own body is really, or how successful you are in life, what you have in life, it really depends on how you feel in, in your own body. And so for me, I had this like this massive aha moment that I realized that I had to, you know, this sounds like so corny, you know, Gandhi said, be the change that you want to, you want to see in the world. He didn't go, go out and say, go out and do all the things you need to do so that you can be the change that, you know, I mean, he said, be, and you have to start internally. And I start with identity because it's the single most important part of like feeling great and living an amazing life. And I just think that a lot of people get wrapped up in this, like, do, 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 like, give me the meal plan. Give me the workout plan. Give me the sleep hygiene plan. And what we don't understand is that who we are being enables what we're able to do because when we are not persistent, consistent, kind, loving, all of these things, then it is very difficult, difficult to take action consistently over a long period of time. And I actually kind of came to this like massive aha moment around identity, who you are at a subconscious level, um, really well after I had had hundreds of women go through my program. And I couldn't understand initially why, you know, they'd be successful for three months, six months, 12 months, but inevitably they would, you know, something would happen. They would have a stressful day at work or their partner was a jerk. And instead of going home and eating the food that they prepped, they would say, F it, cruise through the drive through And that would oftentimes spin them out of control. And I bet you a lot of your listeners and viewers can probably relate to that cycle where, you know, you make a promise to yourself, something in, in your successful for a little bit, something happens. And then all of a sudden you say, F it, you spin out of control. Then comes the beating yourself up. I don't have willpower. Like I can't pull it together. And we tell ourselves these stories that are ingrained in our subconscious brain, which we know you know, handles 95% of the processing that we do in our brain. And, and then that, that cycle kind of repeats itself over and over again. And so for me, I'm constantly telling people don't get stuck in the do more to weigh less lie. And you have to be more in order to lose more. You have to be something in order to lose you know, the weight or the, you know, negative self-talk or the toxic people or all the things that are kind of like weighing you down and, and, and holding you back from really living this life of like possibility and potential. Yeah. So powerful. So many things that we can <laughs> in that. And, you know, I think it's so important because, and I've seen, and I, I even got stuck in the cycle. Like I had my own struggles with weight that I couldn't figure out. And I was ashamed and embarrassed because I help other women lose weight all the time. And I was like, what? I can, I can totally, I, re- I can totally I relate to that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In there. And, um, and so you're like, I, I, in listening to you and we have a similar background in where a lot of our personal growth and development came from, um, in that, but just that concept of being, it was like, 
it doesn't matter what you do. Like you can do all the things, but if who you're being is someone who's stuck and frustrated and depressed and, you know, doesn't believe that you can lose the weight or you can have the job or the, you know, relationship, like whatever, then you're going to stay in that place. Like that is the key that transforms the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, one of my favorite books is a book called, um, essentialism and have you, have you read that book? I haven't read that one. I'm going to add so it. So it's, it's really an awesome book and it talks about, um, there's two kinds of people in life. There's the essentialist and there's the non-essentialist. And the, uh, if you take a look at like, if you can, you know, draw a little circle of the non-essentialist, it has all these like tiny little arrows coming out of it. Right. And they're really short. You don't get very far. And the arrows really kind of depict, depict your energy. And so non-essentialists are kind of, they're scattered. They're focused on a lot of things and, as a result, they don't get very far, right? But there's a lot of there's a lot of movements, you know, there's a lot of activity, but there's just not a lot of progress. And the non-essentialist focuses on one thing. And it's a circle with one really tall arrow that goes all the way up. And I really believe that identity, who you are being at a conscious and subconscious level is the single most important thing that you can focus on because putting the doing in front of the being is kind of like putting the cart in front of the horse. And we know that that cart's not getting very far. Right. And so identity, um, you know, is the single most important point of focus and identity Um, allows you to take action. So when you identify as somebody that's persistent, consistent, loving, it allows you to take action. And if you want new results in your life, you have to have, you have to take new action and, and taking action actually um, gets you through this. I call it like no man's land where maybe you don't quite love yourself. And because I think a lot of us struggle with that, right? Like self-worth, self-acceptance, self-love and identity and I, you know, integrity, which I define as keeping your promises and agreements, simply saying what, you know, mean what you say, um, uh, and, and do what you say. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that allows you, um, uh, you know, uh, integrity allows you to take action. So identity is the single most important thing that you can focus on. And so one of the first things that I focus on with a lot of my clients is like, who do you want, who do you need to be in order to have all of these things that you want? So they list out all the things that they want to have, whether it is a healthier body. Um, By the way, this applies to a healthier bank account, right? Like the things that are most important and critical to our humanity, our health, our wealth, and our relationships right? If you want to have something change around those three kind of life areas, then you need to figure out who do you need to be in order to do those things. And so it's this like really lovely domino, um, this domino effect. So, you know, I'm constantly letting, you know, asking myself, are you being an essentialist right now? Or are you being a non-essentialist? Are you, you know, like a duck underwater, you know, like frantically swimming, but maybe not getting very far? I love that imagery. And, you know, it's so true. I, and just what I picture, like when you're focused on identity and who you need to be, 
like the actions you need to take become a lot clearer because otherwise you've got like 50 million direction. It's like, do I need Noom? Do I need Weight Watchers? Do I need this? Do I need that? Do I need to weigh myself? Do I need to eat keto? Like you, you're just all over the place. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example. So, um, you know, my, my fitness brand was a beloved brand in Austin, Texas, and we won all of the awards, you know, for 10 years straight. Uh, and my background as I, as I mentioned before, is in digital media and technology. I helped build out a Groupon like product for a fortune five company. And I knew that Groupon destroyed small and medium businesses. I mean, especially the restaurant vertical. I mean, it just, um, and so, uh, there is a, there's a kind of a digital, uh, there was a digital membership. It was called ClassPass and FitMob. And there's there's a couple of other ones where they would go to studios, they would aggregate excess inventory, and they used like five, $10 million of venture, venture month capital in order to subsidize the cost of the membership. So I was all of a sudden having to compete, not with other competitors, I was essentially having to compete with a free membership. So my membership was close to $200 a month and class pass at the time was $49 a month. And they could go, you know, clients could go to any studio. It was a great, you know, it's, it's a great customer value proposition. Um, I didn't think it was going to impact me. My wait lists for my classes were like 20, 30 people long. You know, people were clamoring to get into the studio. We made a decision to open up another location And over the course of a summer, when people don't really work out a lot, kids aren't in school, people are on vacations. When when they came back, my clients came back, I had double the overhead because we decided to open up a second location, half a million dollars per per unit in order close to half a million to three quarters of a million dollars to open up one brick and mortar, mortar location. Very, very expensive. And I came back in September and I had half of my revenue. So I am now, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, all my, all my competitors are trying to lower their prices. And I knew that that was a, um, just a race to the bottom. And it was during that time where I had this, where a lot of my clients, it was right before the holidays, my clients were kind of coming to me, what can I do differently? And I had this idea for my first transformation program. We literally called it the transformation program because I didn't have a brand around it. I didn't name it. I'd, like I told you, I didn't even build it. And as soon as I realized that I sold $20,000 in my first week, I, and I, right around that time I was reading the book, Essentialism, I was like, ah, this is the only thing that I should be focusing on. Fast forward to six months, I was able to pay back hundreds of thousands of dollars in back paid rent because, I mean, we were completely underwater. I had, um, we'd had impacted all of the lives of hundreds of, of, you know, of, of women, you know, fast forward two years Um, I was able to grow my staff. I was able to pay them more money. And I realized that the transformation program was the only thing that I should focus on. I stopped doing blog posts. I stopped doing all other, you know, non-essential activities in my business and my business flourished. 
And so that is the power of identity. It, it brings things into focus. You understand, you know, you have a roadmap of how to get from point A to point B. I mean, imagine, you know, doing a road trip to, to California without a roadmap. You might get there eventually, but you're going to waste a lot of time, energy, and money, and there's going to be a lot of frustration. And so for me, this concept of identity is what makes me an essentialist. I know exactly where I need to focus and, um, and, and, and everything else just kind of fades away. So it makes things crystal clear. Yeah. Which is huge. Like, you know, when you have clarity, you can have forward progress and motion and all the things just yeah. start to the line. And that's, you know, such an important piece. And I think it's, it's probably a new message for a lot of people, even though I've talked about this periodically on the show, you know, we're all, we're always looking for the next thing and the next, you know, silver, like silver bullet, magic silver bullet, whatever yeah. it is. My dog is barking at somebody who's here. Sorry. Um, right. And it hits, you know, but it really like, it, we can just ignore all that. Yeah. And focus and, on who we are. Yeah. And, and the reality is, is there is no silver bullet. There is no knight in shining armor. Nobody is coming to rescue you. You have to find it inside of yourself in order to make the changes that you want to see in your life. And I think there's this message that, you know, that, that you're going to find it externally. But the reality is, is if you look at the state of affairs in your life, what does your relationship with your partner look like? What does your bank account look like? Um, do you have, a, you know, a job that fulfills you? Um, you know, do you have a body that, you know, you're ashamed of or that, or do you have a body? Everything that is in your external world is just a mirror of what's happening inside of you. Your external world mirrors your internal world. And if you want to change the external world, you have to change yourself. And that comes down to identity, who you are being. And so that is, that is my message to, to everybody. We were all born with everything it is that we need in order to be successful in this world. It, things may not be easy. There may be trials, there may be tribulations, but especially as women, as we start understanding that we are, we are just these powerful human beings. And that as soon as we decide internally, we have this experience that something clicks and that's a really around all of this identity work. I believe at least it was for me. Um, and it has been for a lot of my clients, that is what gives you the motivation to kind of, to kind of keep going. Um, so yeah, I mean, it really, I, I can't, I can't speak enough about, about this work. It has unlocked my power. It has unlocked my potential. It has created nothing but a life of possibilities. And even when stuff goes left and I've had my fair share of really hard things happen in my life, um, that you have the ability to filter what that actually feels and looks like in your life. Because I'm not going to sit here and blow a bunch of sunshine, you know, where, where, where the sun don't shine um, and, and say that like, you know, everything's in flow and everything's amazing all the time. That is not the case. 
you know, I actively experience friction in my life, but who I am choosing to be at an identity allows me to move through that friction with grace. Absolutely. And there's, you know, we're not saying it's easy, right? Like <laughs> it's, it's still hard work. It's, it's yeah. all of that. But when you're really connected to who you are and you're showing up as the person you need, like you said, that you need to be in order to have the things that you want to have, yeah. it all starts to align. And it's interesting because, you know, I had this massive aha moment, you know, a really long time ago uh, around identity work. And, um, you know, I initially really put a lot of the identity work um, at the beginning of a lot of my, my programming. And it took me a while to understand that, um, that's not necessarily where people are and I need to meet them, you know, I need to meet them where they are in order to, um, in order to kind of give them some, some forward, some forward momentum. And um, so I've really, I've changed things up a little bit as far as, you know, how I, I work with clients Um, and, you know, over the, I've been coaching people now, gosh, since 2010, so uh, 2012, sorry. So it's, it's been a minute and, you know, they, I believe that there's really a formula to how, how folks can get success around anything in their lives, whether it's, you know, losing weight or making more money or being more successful or having a better relationship. And the first thing that I really think that you need is a strategy, right? And so yeah. this is this is the roadmap. It's the roadmap that gets you from here to California, um, you know, being as efficient as, as possible. And then you need to have some systems and systems allow you to um, really take action because if you want new results, you have to have, you know, you have to take new actions. And then within those systems, you need to have some structure. So order of operations. There are certain things that you should focus on first, because if you don't, you may be doing the right thing, but you may be doing it in the in the wrong order. And then for me, I really believe in simplicity, right? Because um, if, if things are difficult, right, humans are hardwired to do what? Two things, seek pleasure, avoid pain. So if the programs that people are doing are really difficult, that were, you know, the path is super difficult, there's a lot of friction all the time, then a lot of times, you know, people are going to quit without that lack of, without that lack of simplicity. The, the fifth thing for me is sisterhood and, um, you know, uh, you need, you can, it doesn't have to be sisterhood. You know, I do successes in my, in my formal, in my formula, but somebody that holds you accountable. And then you need to have some very early on success. And I really think that that's mission critical because it's all in well, right. To the way that I look at like a lot of identity work is folks are drowning, right. And you're, you're, you're telling them that they need to start you know, kind of philosophical and what they need is a life preserver. And I think really quick success gives them that like life preserver that allows them to like get their head above water. And so, you know, I, I've, I've, I've kind of changed 
I'm constantly changing, you know, as I'm growing, as I'm learning, I'm constantly changing, you know, how, how folks, you know, should, how I navigate folks through, you know, through their own, their own personal journeys. So I would say early success and then identity stuff are like the things that are really mission critical. Absolutely. And I, I agree a hundred percent. And so where do you look for that early success? Does it always have to be pounds lost? Couldn't like I actually don't focus on I don't focus on weight at all. Um, in all of my programs, you have an option. To, you have an option to opt out of any and all body compositions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm I've said this a million times. Oh my gosh, I'm so fat. And if 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 I had a quarter for every single time I said that, or one of my clients said that, um. But I also, you know, I have fat on my body, but I also have hair and fingernails and eyelashes and skin. And I'm not walking around saying I am eyelashes or I am fingernails, but for some reason we identify as this like physical characteristic. And so, um, no, I, I personally don't focus on weight. That being said, I really believe that you need to need to meet people where they are. And, um, I forget, there's a famous business person that said, sell them what they want and then give them what they need. And so look, you know, I have, um, in one of my like early kind of mini programs, and this is the beginning of it's the, it's the first four weeks of my extended program. I focus on four things, one thing per week, and that's it. So, you know, the first week I give them a, a, a breakfast that is tailored to their adrenal stress level. Cause we know that adrenals and cortisol and lack of DHEA and all of these things, um, really impact, um, whether or not somebody has been able, is able to lose weight. And yeah. so week one, it's a simple breakfast week two, it's adrenal stress level specific smart supplementation so that we can get some intelligent allopathy around like symptoms around energy or something like that, and then sleep and then movement. And everything that I do in my program is tailored around your bioindividuality. And I'm just allergic to one size fits all programs. And that is because your adrenals, your HPA access, they impact your entire endocrine system, whether or not you are in fight or flight in kind of survival mode. And we now understand that calories in and calories out is the biggest line of BS we've ever heard. It was built off of a lovely theory, the theory of thermodynamics, but we understand that that was meant to describe perfect process in a, in a lab setting. And our lives are not labs. I mean, my, I mean, we do not live in like a vacuum. And so if you are, you know, have one particular adrenal stress level, you may need to have strength as your kind of foundational movement. If you are in another stress level, you may need to have cardio as your foundational movement. If you are in a third, you know, if you're crashed, you need to be doing neither and really be focusing on restorative movement. And so I think that one of the issues out there is that, you know, you get somebody that may have had success around keto. You may, they may have had success going vegan or vegetarian or plant strong or intermittent fasting is a huge thing, right? And we under, I understand that that may work for somebody with a very specific metabolic fingerprint. 
And our, you know, our metabolism is as unique as our fingerprints. And so we, if we do not understand what our metabolism is, what our bio-individual needs are around, you know, the food that we're eating or how much sleep we need, does caffeine work for us? Does caffeine not work for us? We end up, you know, it may work for me, but it won't work for my sister-in-law or it worked for my sister-in-law, but it's not going to work for me. And so I think it's super important, even for like my tiny program, you know, my, that's like less than $50. Um, there is a level of analysis and diagnostics to see where you are at. Um, because I would venture to say that the majority of the women that you work with, you know, tried to eat less and move more and probably gained more weight from that. Yep. So, you know, to me, it's, it's, you know, like if we understand that stress is the sixth leading cause of death in the United States, stress, Mm -hmm. that means you have some level of HPA access dysfunction, right? Your hypothalamus signals your pituitary, your pituitary signals your adrenals. This happens within milliseconds. So this is that, you know, sympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic nervous system, whether you're in fight or flight or rest or digest. And And if we know that it's the sixth leading cause of death, then we understand that most people are operating within some form of like HPA access dysfunction. And if we can't even, you know, if, 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 and then they, they hear go keto, uh, do intermittent fasting. And as you know, better than anybody, I mean, you're, you know, you're incredibly trained and so intelligent we know that keto and intermittent fasting are two of the worst things that you can do if you are, you know, in, in one of in, in certain, you know, adrenal stress level phases, Yeah, it'll actually hurt. It'll, it, 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 it makes it worse. Yeah. So I just think that there is a lot of irresponsibility that is happening kind of in the health and wellness industry um, where everybody has, you know, a hammer And if all you have is a hammer, well, dang, everything sure looks like a nail, right? But maybe I'm a nail, maybe you're a screw, maybe somebody else is a pin, maybe somebody else is, you know, you can't use this like one size fit all approach to, you know, to helping folks. Yeah, absolutely not. I think it's important to hear, like I, I say it a lot on the show and, you know, I've had my own weight loss success over the last few months, but does what I do work for everybody? No, does, you know, we're all different. And so it's about finding, and even, you know, in my programs and things I do, it's about finding what works for you, like becoming master of yourself, because that's, what's important. Yeah. I I mean, I, I just, I think it's really important. You know, the reality is, is we're, you're more than a number. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I had, I mean, I wouldn't even say it. I'm 43 years old right now. And my stress happened in utero. My, you know, mother was a political refugee. She had an awful, you know, situation at home, her nervous system, your nervous system imprints on your children. Yeah. Within the first, I mean, before your, before kids are even born, you know, then you can, you know, throw in, you know, a couple, you know, a sexual assault, physical assaults, you know, burning the candle at both ends, the environmental things that are happening with our food, with our water, with our soil. I mean, stress, digital media. I mean, all of these things, um, you know, 
uh, I was a, an, a division one athlete. So a lot of physical, tra- you know, stress on the body. So now you're looking at, you know, you know, we had crazy things with our family happen. I mean, lost my father, almost lost my mother. I mean, it was, and this was during like five rounds of IVF. I mean, there's an incredible amount of stress. And I think one day I had this aha moment and I was doing some therapy and I had this aha moment in my shower where I kind of started going through this timeline of all of these things that all these experiences that I had had. And I finally realized that my body is, is acting exactly how it's supposed to under acute prolonged stress. And my body is just trying to get my attention. And instead of looking at my body, like the enemy that it was failing me, I, for once finally was able to look at the the entirety of all of the stress physical stress, biochemical stress, perceived emotional stress. Mm -hmm. And I was able to see how incredibly wise my body was. And for the first time with 70 extra pounds on, I was able to actually love my body, have gratitude for my body. And for me, that was a really big shift. I was able to have much more compassion for myself because I think so many times women were just like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. We are so used to running around the world with our hair on fire, you yeah. know, ignoring that and taking care of our partners, our children, our employers, our employees, you know, our friends, other family members, you know, you know, church groups, bake sales. And so we turn ourselves inside out for every single body but ourselves. Yep. And that is a losing way of being. And so again, we go full circle to, you know, you have to be loving. I have coached over 10,000 women in my career now, mm-hmm. and not one of them has been able to hate their bodies into submission. Not one. So this is a wake up call, right? You cannot give what you do not have. So, you know, it's, it's the weight. I know we think it's important, but it's not. And you, you have to kind of start from this place of, of self-acceptance, you know, and self-love, and that will empower you to take action and have something very different in your life. Absolutely. There's a lot of power in what you just said, we cannot hate ourselves into submission. You can't, not one. Yeah. No. Not one of my clients work. has has gotten out of the shower every single morning, called herself fat, told herself that she has no willpower and she's disgusting. Not I do not have one client, you know, that's been able to make lasting changes in their lives by hating their bodies into submission. It just doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. You keep repeating the same jacked up patterns and beating yourself up. So exactly. This has been an awesome conversation, which I knew it would be. So (laughs) I I feel, I feel the same way. Yeah. I'm honored that you came on and just shared your, your knowledge and your, your perspective is unique. And I really, you know, appreciate that and share it with you. So I'm just happy that you were able to come on and share. Well, I, I appreciate it. And I think you're amazing too. So, you know, Thank you.
You're very welcome. Thank you for tuning in to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women, where we provide you with the tools, information, and inspiration you need to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and also leave us a review. Also, I don't want to be working with you on your health only once or twice a week. I want to be in this conversation and in the trenches with you every single day. I invite you to join me in the Emergent Women Community Group on Facebook for the chance to interact with me live once a week and even more information, inspiration, and motivation to transform your health and become the vibrant, energetic, and on-fire version of yourself we all know is under there. Until next time, remember to keep putting yourself first so that you can better serve the ones you love and the things you are passionate about. Mm -hmm.